When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans and uh, with me are, as customarily, Jim Grant. Good evening. And joining us again is a uh, journalist, writer, travel writer, Benji Lanyardo. Evening. Dressed in uh, a football outfit. You're in a football kit. That's really nice. Yeah, you're good. off to play football immediately after we finish broadcasting, Well, Benji. it's Carling Cup night and you never want to rule yourself out. No, that's right. Well, oh, you, you, you thought you might get the call up. Well... I know that there's Gabidon isn't travelling no nope. experimenting at left back I've got a decent left foot that's very true uh, you are dressed in the uh, BAC uh, 19 sort of late 80s uh, Hammers kit we oh. hated that kit when it was out but the, now we look back on yeah, it now they played some really good football it looked like an absolute bloody mm. dog's dinner yeah because it, it really? didn't have cl- it didn't have blue but, sleeves um, but no it was all sort of little stripy bits yeah, yeah. it's too busy isn't it it's too no, much it's too going busy, on but there but we really. like it but we like it but now, now historically I'm we played a lot a, of really good football I'm suffused with a nostalgic glow that was an era of busy shirts wasn't it yeah yeah was that Arsenal goalkeeper tragic job. goalkeeper shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, was. England goal. David um, uh, uh, David Seaman in yeah. that kind of red shirt with then just a kind of like someone had been sick down the front. There yeah, was a Liverpool right, yeah. one which looks as though lots of pigeons had shat all over it. Oh, wasn't it's, yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah, it was extraordinary. <laughs> An it was sort of rave gear, wasn't it? Yeah, it was sort of. But that's actually was quite appropriate and over the, the time. Yeah, for the, the time. time. Yeah, more yeah. more yeah. was more. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You've even got little press popper studs like the ones you get on the end of a duvet all over it. Buckter though that. That was a kind of that's a good old sort of uh, uh, I assume a kind of British uh, footballing traditional certainly sounds like of, it you know traditional uh, kit well, don't oh, make them like they used to no. we had Adidas in the seventies it's we? probably an acronym yeah. for yeah. British United Kit almost Turner so. almost so. Something. So, uh, we are actually playing tonight. Uh, we speak to you now as yep. the Hammers are probably about to take to the field up at Sunderland to play in the Carling Cup. Benji, you have the team. Uh, indeed. In goal is Steck. Uh-huh. We've got uh, Falbear, presumably, at right back. Tomkins and DaCosta in the middle. Ben Haim at left back. Right. Um, Barrera starting, which is great. Yep. Um, Kovac. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He won't like that. He won't mm. like having to play football. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> then there's a. He's not going to like that very much. No. Parker, Boamorte, and then up front, you assume this is a four-four-two. Is um, a Binner and Picky on? Yeah, a no, Binner and no Picky. I want to see that. I, 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 I think that might be the way to go. Dyer on the bench. That's odd, isn't it? That is interesting. Why, isn't it? why isn't he allowed so that's to play? Essentially, Boamorte in, instead of Dyer. He can't be too happy with that. Dyer. No, that's strange, isn't it? I mean, if if he's fit, uh, he's he's looked good for us every time he's kind of come on. He the field. has, but he's he's he is. I mean, don't forget just how long he has yeah. been sort of uh, out of action. And they are, I think. Well, he's only been walking quite, for <laughs> about three months, hasn't he? Right. Yeah, he's only actually yeah. literally been. Yeah, he walking. was on a mobility scooter for yeah, a long that's right. time. He was walking in about two thousand and three, four. Yeah. Then he didn't walk until about three months ago. Yeah, the muscle wasted. He was carried that. everywhere Enormous. by page three girls, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, so we've played a couple of games since we last spoke to you because we, uh, we haven't been on air for a little while. No, um, no. We played Chelsea and uh, we played uh, Stoke away and Drew won yeah. one. We now have one point. <laughs> whoop, whoop. It's brilliant. It, we're <laughs> treasuring that point. Yeah. Yeah, we're wrapping it up. Now, uh, Ben Haim and Avram Grant both took it off because of Yom Kippur, uh, which yep. Mark Noble thinks is a character from uh, <laughs> uh, Revenge of the Sith, I think. Uh, um, now, I hear that Benny McCarthy has now asked if he can have a day off on uh, Pancake Day. Uh, that's one thing I heard of. Um, every, time he descri- every time a football match is described as a, a mouth-watering prospect, his mouth waters. Uh, because it's like Pavlov's dog now with uh, Benny McCarthy. They offered him... <laughs> he's been given a free roll. <laughs> it's, it's a cheese roll, but, uh, you know, they've given him a free roll. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not playing tonight. There was a bit right. of paper talk that he might actually get some kind of role in tonight's game. Is he on the bench, Benji? He is on the bench. I still think he's... A, I mean, he's a, he's a massive amount of space, but also a massive waste <laughs> of space. I think he there, there's... It was an extraordinarily bad signing from day one. Really, yeah, wasn't it? and at yeah. two point five million pounds, what was he? Thirty-one. We were desperate, weren't we? Just yeah, but I mean, God, him. there's yeah. better things to do when you're desperate than buy Absolutely. a fat bloke for two point five million pounds. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Steck uh, is in instead of. Uh, well, yeah, he looked good in that game against Oxford. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't yeah. called into action that often, but he did make one fantastic save. Yeah, uh, yeah, long range effort, and just looked, you know, big and tall and dominant and solid. I thought. Youngster Jordan Brown on the bench as well. Yes, um, who's a who's Jim? A, you've seen him. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I saw him for the youth team uh, last season, and uh, they certainly rate him very, very highly. Yeah, he gets forward. He gets uh, he gets up and down. Uh, looks looks like a good player. And I one think. assumes that that must have been part of the decision to let Deprella go. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was baffling otherwise. Yeah, on any other level. Because good, looked good, really good, didn't he? A good conspiracy I heard about that was that, you know, we still owe money to Brescia. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, that was an instalment. For Savia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just basically giving them players instead of yeah, uh, money. Yeah, li- quite now, literally. Just to pay yeah. them back in... Uh, <laughs> we're sort of working our debt off by just giving them <laughs> our spare footballers. <laughs> uh, yeah, very strange. Well, if there's any other bank holidays that uh, I n- did notice that um, February the sixth is uh, a New Zealand uh, bank holiday. Oh, it's, well, Winston uh, Waitangi Day, so yeah, Winston Reid yeah, could have that yeah. off. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, New Zealand football team should do the hacker at uh, the beginning of the game, don't you? It's because I think basically if you're going to come out and lose, you might as well do a dance at the beginning of it. I must admit, in my desperation to find YouTube clips of Winston Reid when we signed him, I did find him doing the hacker and he was quite convincing. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was very pleased to see that. And I thought maybe if the Hammerettes aren't going to be back at any time soon, if you could just get Winston Reid out there at half time doing do, the hacker. Do the hacker, mm. yeah. I mean, Absolutely. why not? 
Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, Waitingi Day. Uh, Waitingi Day is apparently where uh, New Zealand people uh, give thanks for um, Peter Jackson. Uh, that's that's what happens on uh, Waitingi Day, apparently. Um, uh, yes, uh, uh, Mark Noble, uh, he wanted to take a day off on uh, Ash Wednesday because, like Pancake Day, uh, he thought that it was like Pancake Day except you had to eat ash. Um, and he, he doesn't did. really understand. He did. Palm Sunday, he uh, stays in masturbates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mark Noble thought that Good Friday was named after Tom and Barbara Good from The Good Life. He's really not very bright. Uh, the 28th of October. Well, 21st of October uh, is today. And no, that, that is... 21st of September is today. 21st of September, sorry, is today. And that's the International Day of Peace. Uh, Mark Noble oh, has been right. eating peas right. all day because he Excellent. doesn't quite get what yeah. that... Give peas uh, a chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, but we but we won. Uh, we drew. We drew. It felt like a win. Uh, like like America's one-one victory against us. It was that same kind of that same kind of feeling afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, it was. I mean, the Chelsea performance and the Stoke performance were. I mean, you know, the encouraging thing is that we played well, but the discouraging thing is that that's exactly what we did last season, is play well and gift the other team yeah, one or you, two goals. You, you certainly can't carry on like that, but I feel that the difference, I feel the difference between this season and last season uh, is that, is that the, there is some sense of purpose and organisation in the team. The defence does look to be improving steadily, and I think we'll be all right this season. The defence is improving steadily because it has to as well. The game before the last game where both goals were, uh, the two uh, initial goals were huge defensive blunders. Like that was said after the game um, this weekend that we defended very well and to some extent we did but you've always got to ask why you're having to do so much defending. Mm. I think that, you know, it is all relative and actually in the game on Saturday there were a few worrying moments. I thought even though De Costa did very, very well for Kenwin Jones's goal, he's he wasn't strong enough. No. And Matthew Upson, a few minutes later, just went well, over his arse and he, Kenwin Jones hit the post. And it's still we still seem terribly prone. Robert Green obviously spilled well, that free kick and Hoof mm. hit it against the post. I mean, yes, we defended well, but there were some kind of well, scary moments. Those are the two major issues. is Green's confidence and uh, Upson's alarming uh, <laughs> lack of being very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they, they, they presumably do, I think, need to be resolved. But... Um, you know, those are two games, Chelsea at home and Stoke away, where most teams in the Premier League will have a lot of defending to do. Yeah. To be honest, to be fair. And you we know, dealt well with the lapsed throws, actually, in the second half especially. I thought, I thought yes. you know, apart from that time when Fuller hit the bar, we pretty much dealt with those. Which is, It was amazing. I mean, I only saw the highlights, but how shit Stoke were at uh, corners, because they were constantly being defended by Carlton Cole, who, mm-hmm. you know, stands at the near post and basically just... It's amazing Because he's tall, heads many. things away. They're so reliant on the... F- on the long throw but actually yeah, when they get a corner they're not really good at them it's no. bizarre and Delap is actually a crap footballer as yes, well yes that's right yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So incredibly so ordinary yeah. player yeah. But, but you can't really leave him out of the team that was fantastic the uh, win up at Stoke where uh, Lucas Neal was constantly demanding a towel to wipe the ball off and the ball boys were unsure of whether he should get a towel because yeah. they were going no we give the towels to Mr Delap well do you remember at Stoke home last year we brought the advertising hoardings that's forward that's right that's true yeah. yes. and yes. then uh, he got, uh, Delap actually he tried to kick them over but it didn't work and I yeah think, I think well yeah that was fantastic that was fantastic um, yeah I mean do you do you think that we're sort of moving in the right direction because it, it, it sort of seems like uh, Avram 
there's still questions over his team selection. Like Dyer can't seem to get a game. I wonder why Barrera isn't playing as much, considering you um, know we actually bought him rather than getting him on a loan. Mm. You're thinking this isn't going to be another Savio or another Depreo, is it? Dyer, I think I've, I will always understand a manager who chooses not to build a team with Dyer in mind because no. fundamentally, yes, he's a good player, but his legs are made of spaghetti, and you can't expect a run from him so what's the point in kind of building him into your thoughts I think you shove him on the bench and bring him on when you need him yeah, yeah. I think what we're looking at probably uh, is is a manager who's attempting to develop a system a style of play rather than necessarily automatically straightforwardly uh, to start with anyway a team and uh, um, uh, that's probably what's being worked on in training yeah um, and we at the moment we've got a lot of quite good players but not many brilliant ones no and it is no. hard to say I, don't, I think even it's all very well saying here. We, I think we do have a manager who doesn't know what his best team is yet but I reckon most West Ham fans probably don't know what our best team is yet either no, no. and I think that you know they, they, these players the new ones need time to bed in it will take time we've been unlucky with the fixture computer because we have had a really tough start the, yeah, the, these six yeah. fixtures last season the exact equivalent we were talking about this earlier yielded two points yeah uh, if we get a point against Spurs or we beat Spurs um, on Saturday then we're you know at It'll least up with where we were in effect last time or ahead of the game and, yeah, and yeah. Um, we'd be up a couple of points we'd, we'd be up so, a couple of points but yeah. positives I mean I, I think Obina looks really good uh, I think he's going to score. He you know, did, I hope point, so because you know. he does look like another sort of talented, quick player who can't get the ball anywhere near the goal. No, that no, does seem to be a little bit of a worry. Yeah. Picky on the poor bastards. It, 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 the crossbar, yeah. successive games. He's, he's missed. Though, some, he's he? missed. I think four sitters this season. Mm. Absolute. Goal well, his header was. Uh, I mean, that, two that, against Oxford. Yeah. Uh, the one against Chelsea. Um, or maybe just the three I don't know the interesting thing with Pickyon as well is that I think in terms of his positioning and the kind of player he is he's not a million miles away from being Carton Cole however his touch and control shows you what Carton Cole doesn't have yeah and I think that he's actually kind of been played slightly wide and slightly deeper but I, I can't help thinking that he could be a deputy for Carton Cole or replace Carton Cole if he's not yeah I think well. so I mean I think I mean it'd be interesting to see what they're like tonight you know uh, because I think that uh what was happening last season was there was a little bit of a kind of a, a sticking point where Carlton was just being played routinely if he was able to stand and and it does seem that you know there's possibly other combinations that could play up front you know Pickyon and Abina being one of them because mm. um, Abina um, you know Abina is quick uh, and with pacey players around him like Dyer and Barrera uh, that's good but also. Pickyon feels like he's a little bit more capable of having that sort of Franco, you know, just bringing people in sort of right, role. Yeah, I agree. If he's played in a slightly kind of slightly behind, maybe Obina or something. He's clever. He, he's he's got a brain yeah. which sometimes Carton Cole doesn't. I liked him when he was at Portsmouth. I thought he looked really good. Actually, he was one of the better players against us. He got eight or nine goals last yeah. year for a team that absolutely stank. So yeah, yeah. I think you know that you know he's not a bad player. He's he's thirty one though, which a lot of people forget. So he's. So he's got a lot of experience. Yeah. He's a decent squad player for us. I don't, you know, I don't see him in our starting eleven if everyone's fit and playing well. But. I, I agree with all that. I agree with all that, except I'm not sure that the the way for us to go is to play with the the lone striker with oceans of space around him. We've got to find a more fluid way of playing. We've got to use that lone. We've got to use that kind of front man as a, as a more pivotal player, which for a while we were doing when we had, you know, a lot of people slagged him off at the time. When we had Dean McKaylee in the side. 
He was oh, like he was yeah, buzzing yeah. around, yeah. Uh, buzzing yeah. around coal and 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 linking things and connecting things and so on. So yeah, but that's in not a way that we yeah, have with yeah. Ambellamy. But I don't think we're suggesting that Picayune sort of just joins the midfield. I mean, I no. think he, I think it is a f- sort of a four-four-two, but just with you know, like 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 sort of Sheringham and Dwight York. Yeah. Picayune is just behind Obina, you know, but trying Picayon, to sort of yeah. give him some bullets. I'm not sure Picayune is that kind of player. I think his his ideal role. I mean, for Portsmouth certainly, he was a no. target man. He, when he yeah. played, when he played in that game against Oxford, where he was played on his own up front as target man, he looked totally lost. Oh, really? He looked a totally different player from. He looked really good against Bolton, playing off Carlton Cole. Well, I the, think the that's where his strength is going to be. Target man sort of concept only really works with a very tiny handful of players, like um, mm. you know, Drogba obviously is 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 one. Kevin Davis is another one. Uh, but Carlton Cole on form is an excellent target man. Yeah. The problem is when he's off form, he's a crap target man. Well, he's his his goal scoring record now in the last you know the latter part of last season the beginning of, of this season is atrocious mm. now he's just not putting the ball in the yeah, net he scored a know. lot in, in pre-season he was scoring for fun yeah, wasn't he right. he's a yeah. confident he's a confidence player isn't he I mean I, I just Sammy got to hope that he, Rooney. yeah I think he'll go on a run I, I still am an optimist about him I still think he's, he can do a really good job for the club but he could do it off the bench, you know. I mean, he can, you know. Yeah, maybe that's what it'll take you for a can, while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think that, that you know, that there's nothing wrong with Stein him on the bench. I mean, you know, when there's tired legs at the end of a game and Colton Cole comes on the pitch, a man that looks like a horse comes on the pitch, beats up the defenders, you know, that's a fantastic substitution to make. You know, someone who's really going to bully a tiring back four. And it know. could be the making of him, you know, knowing that his place is not utterly guaranteed yeah that's right yeah absolutely we've seen that with other players and you know in Mark Noble last year when he was dropped for a while and came back and was, and was significantly and was better. much better yeah he had had a rest as well hadn't he I think when Hitzelsberger starts playing properly I think Avram Grant has been imagining him as the anchor of our midfield and the whole team yeah because I think he very much is a player that is, is your central midfielder and I think once he comes in there'll be a lot more symmetry to the team and you can imagine him spraying the ball around a little bit more and Barrera I think could be fantastic and it's a real shame that he's been so knackered from all these international games he's playing do you think that's what it is I mean do you think it's it's that they're, they're they're not playing him because they think he won't play to his ability or do they just think he's too small or stuff because they're you know he hasn't played much and it's been disappointing not to see him uh, a little bit more well we have we have to assume that I mean I mean Sullivan came out on the radio and said that that he's been exhausted after the World right. Cup, <clears throat> yeah. and then after you know after the move moving, moving to England, and then he said there was two yeah. international breaks where they play play two games over in Central America. So it's I, I think that's fair enough if he's a little bit tired, but hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later he gets in the team. I was really disappointed not to see him at all at the weekend. I think you've got yeah. to give him ten minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Agreed. surely he, he did look out. bloody good in that first half against Bolton. And, and let's be honest, we should have had that game wrapped up by half time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we could have had the Stoke game wrapped up. You think that that game was all about the woodwork? I mean, we mm. were one 0 up, and then Pickyon hits the bar two 0 You think we probably yeah, got that game? Mind you, they hit the woodwork well, three times. Second, yeah, they second <laughs> half, yeah. we were saved by the woodwork on two occasions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. I think a draw is probably a fair result. No, I think. But I mean, I think if we can uh, eventually establish some kind of playing formation that in, that, that incorporates Dyer, uh, Barrera, Obina, and then you've got possibly um, um, Savon Hines coming back as well, we are going to have. 
pace, pace. Yeah. serious pace for the first time for, if for a while in the Premier League and that you know that hurts teams in the Premier League depends if he wants to play like that with pace though Avram because that does seem that you know with the collection of players we have that's one of the kind of arrows in our quiver is that we've got pace you know with uh, with those three and hopefully Avram will kind of see that and maybe play them all but together but that's a big you know? change because yeah, yeah. we didn't have those three players last season you've got to no, pray, well, pray that Zavon Hines comes back and has still got that pace after this yeah, you'd hope lengthy so. layoff yeah, yeah absolutely uh, email us your views to hammertime at playbackmedia.co.uk hammertime all run together at playbackmedia all run together.co.uk join our Facebook group Twitter and all the links by going to westhampodcast.com all run together westhampodcast.com uh, Jim have we got any oh, yeah, yeah yeah I've got, uh, actually about the sort of Avram Grant at uh, staying away at Stoke mm-hmm. uh, for example um, Dave Goodger or Goodger who's got quite a good blog actually that he uh, posts links to on the Facebook group from uh, from time to time uh, he made the point on that Facebook group about you know um, really being annoyed about people on the forums kind of slagging Grant off because he's choos- chosen mm. to kind of you know follow the dictates of his uh, of his religion but he said uh, hi guys I really hope that just because we've gotten our first point of the season at a game where Uncle Avi was busy ordering room service people don't start clamouring for him to stay away mm-hmm. Groves, Keane and Petrovic didn't pull off any tactical miracles the only change they made was an enforced one when Barami got injured Grant picked the team Grant chose the formation in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the phone calls between Groves and Keane were conference calls with Avram in as well. And actually, that that that's the start of another potential conspiracy theory. I feel that yes. uh, you know we've got the the idea that yes, you know, uh, Avram is communicating in something in, for Rob Chapman to get ways. his teeth yeah. into on the uh, uh, Facebook forum, uh, which Chris Hollis uh, also picks up on, uh, saying it was probably a three-way conversation with Grant, nicely tucked up in his hotel room, watching the match on the box. Uh, which just so happened to be on the TV. He even admitted himself he isn't religious. Did he? Did he admit himself he isn't religious? I don't know. It doesn't he matter. He respects I'm, his no. family's yeah. country tradition, so he certainly wasn't praying apart from wishing Green would catch the next ball into the box. Benji, were you observing Yom Kippur? I was observing Yom Kippur, so I had to record the game and watch it later. Right. But it is one of those things. I actually had quite a lot of fun in, you know, yeah. educating KUMB about the nuances of, of uh, reform Judaism and non-observant Judaism. Doesn't Even if you don't do a single thing that is Jewish, Yom Kippur is a kind of... You yeah, know, it, it, it's the one you have to do. So I think I actually think it would if if Avram Grant had then showed up at the game, sort of letting his principles down a little, yeah, bit, it would yeah. have been weaker than had he actually. Yes, you know, yes. I agree. Yes, yeah, so I missed by Ben Haim in a way. It's like I yeah. think I think a manager can sort of leave a set of instructions uh, with you know their assistant and the team can come you know, run out and play to those. But but Ben Haim looked good against Chelsea. I thought he was really marshalling the back four uh, in a way that um, Matthew Upson, the, the lion-hearted Matthew oh, Upson, play harder, kick kick <laughs> kick the ball, kick it. Matthew Upson's uh, courageous captaincy uh, lacks. Ben Haim did a lot more kind of shouting in that first half against Chelsea than Matthew Upson had ever done. He was, do, you know, he's trying to sort of marshal the back four. He seemed to kind of, you know, he's, he's an experienced... Got a bit of pace as well. Defender Ben Haim, yeah, yeah. Upson yeah. Is, has been exposed time and again in, yeah, in yeah. the last couple of seasons for pace. Well, you wonder whether, you know, if you can sort of ease Ben Haim into, into that role, maybe sort of DeCosta with his uh, enormous kind of pole vaulter style yeah. <laughs> style leap into the air and Ben Haim might be that sort of the way to go with Tompkins to sort of come in you know I sort of I like DaCosta yeah, I, thought he, yeah, I thought that was such a great ball over from Jermaine Pennant for Kenwin Jones for that goal that I sort of in a way forgave DaCosta for that because it was just it's one of those ones that just loops down and comes straight out the sky at the back post mm. and 
you're just in a foot race. And actually, the, you know, it could have been given very as, a, as a foul. No one, no one talked about it on the commentary at all. But he, he you know, he kind of nudged, he, he nudged Acosta and clipped his heels yeah, before yeah. leaping over him. So there was grounds there for a foul, but it happened so quickly that you kind of had to give it, I think, and you can see why it was. There's a, there's a new vogue of professional foul that we saw at the weekend from uh, from the ever reliable. El Hajjouf is just like a villain in a Bond film, isn't yeah. he? Just he just cannot do anything that's not evil and bad, uh, and he just just hurled himself. At, oh, who was who were they playing? Fulham, Fulham, yeah, Schwarzer. So hurled himself at Mark Schwarzer, just body checked him, and uh, and the referee went, yes, I think that's probably all right. Isn't it's it? back to the days of Nat Lofthouse, yeah, right, isn't yeah, it? That's, that's right. uh, you need, you need yes. deeps in the game, though. You know, it's, it's, you need pantomime villains. Yeah, he's hate. extraordinary, isn't he? Yeah. Um, another bank holiday is uh, talking about holidays of course Radislav Kovac has, uh, ha- wants to convert to Judaism because he thinks he might be able to have a day off playing football um, <laughs> but the 28th of October is uh, in, in Czech, the Czech Republic where uh, Kovac is from it's a uh, proclamation day is the 28th of October and uh, Radislav Kovac, Kovac intends to proclaim I like hookers Ah, uh, he's going to proclaim that. <laughs> uh, they all have to proclaim something. About It'll be a joint declaration with um, with Thomas Rosicki as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Rosicki. No um, one knows how to say his name, do they? Well, Rosicki. He does look like the bride at a lesbian wedding. So. Yes. Yeah. He missed a penalty, didn't he, at the weekend? Oh, very nice. strangely. Just just briefly going back to um, the whole um, Avram Grant not being there problem. I also think that he's the kind of manager that doesn't necessarily need to be there because. He is not a kind of a rabble rouser and a give you a bollocking at half time type of chap, yeah. is he? No. And it, which I think maybe opens up a slightly larger problem, which is do you need to be a bit of a lad to be a football manager these days? Yeah. And you kind of think that, you know, essentially footballers are a, a bunch of idiots. And you need. And, and you need to be able to sort of talk to them on their level, G, yeah. the, G them up. And Uncle Avram is this kind of slightly cerebral character. Yeah, yeah. And and whereas people like Mourinho can do it, because he's also a bit of a lad, you know, they love him and oh, revere yeah, him yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time. You wonder if the kind of... And, and, and it's the same with Wenger, purely because of his reputation, but Avram, I'm not quite sure I can see him connecting with those players and really G them up. Well, Wenger is, is you know, is professorial and is like a kind of, you know, he's an academic, isn't he? Mm. I mean, I think that that's... His teams, he builds those teams and they are his, you know, it's like a dead poet society. They must stand on the tables and go, oh, captain, my captain. Because he's often made them, you know, he's often sort of dragged them from the youth teams of the clubs they were at and they sort of owe quite a lot to him. Mourinho is brilliant because he has that kind of, um, we're a bit of a gang mentality, Mm. that kind of everyone hates us mentality and likes to cultivate that stuff, you know, especially at Chelsea kind of going, well, we're the best team in the country now. Everyone hates us. That let's let's keep being the best team in the country. Let's I like it that everyone hates us. And yeah, Avram does fall in a way between two stalls. He's kind of academic and urbane and sort of sophisticated, but he's actually currently managing a team that's kind of languishing at the bottom of the table. Which again, he did last season actually with Portsmouth, and they started to play very well under him. And uh, they certainly had a strong team spirit, didn't they? Yeah, there's some good players as well. It's sort of um, a shame that we couldn't. You know, he didn't have have the clout to get Kevin Prince Boateng because I said, "Oh, he's gone off to Milan now." Yeah, that's right. Via Genoa, it was a fantastic advert for him. The World Cup, wasn't it? He came out of it very. I think he's oddly still a very unknown quantity, Grant, isn't he? Yeah, even though he's had, you know, he he's familiar. 
and uh, he did have that good season with Chelsea but everyone says well manager. that was Mourinho's side and all he did was he also just inherited it as yeah, well, exactly. he? he was just in uh, um, and sort of Portsmouth was on a hiding to nothing really yeah um so you know all his real achievements have have happened completely away from you know our media and and our awareness so it's difficult. It's difficult to know whether or not he, he's not going to. There's an emperor's new clothes thing about it. I wonder. Yeah. He's, a, he's a director of football, not a manager. He's he's that kind of person that he'd be very handy behind the know. scenes and helping out tactically. Yeah. But in terms of really liaising with the players and getting under their skin and getting them to really fight as a team in the way that Mourinho did. I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. Sure it's, right, it's, it's impossible to say. I mean, he did take those players to a uh, Champions League final, which Mourinho didn't. But those mm. were Chelsea's players. And, yeah. and it was actually quite easy to take Chelsea's yeah, players but, to Champions You know, you're League the manager final. of the team. You know, you, 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 you've got to give people credit for doing what they've, what they've achieved. You know, you can't... If it, if they'd have fallen at the first hurdle, he would have been the first. Of, it would have been it would have been Avram Grant's fault. Wouldn't but it? you look yeah. at Chelsea now. I mean, with Ancelotti, they're they're playing some stunning football. Yeah. I hate to say it. Um, and but at the same time, you're thinking, well, hold on, they're playing stunning football. But that's because they're Didier Drogba and Flora Maluda yeah, yeah. and and and, oh, and Mikel. They got some I fantastic more, players. I think they're more than the sum of their parts. I think they are really an exceptional team now. Mm. Yeah, totally confident, totally assured. All, every every one of them is confident. They are technically accomplished players, and everyone's confident on the ball. But on the ball, that they new absolutely guy, know what they're doing. That new guy, Ramirez. Ramirez, just looks like. I mean, he physically sort of looks a bit like Kalua Maluda. He's mm. sort of that slim, not enormously tall, just but quick and athletic. He's got the same build yeah. and plays in the same way. I mean, he's just slotted in. Yeah, but you know, it felt when they were at Upton Park that he just kind of slotted in. Yeah, but what, what those big clubs can do and can afford to do because of their position where they are and their money and their stability is that they can allow they, their, their teams, even if they change the manager from time to time, and two of them, of course, don't, um, they can, their teams can evolve. They have a way of playing, a system of playing. Yeah. They know what their jobs are, and as gradually as players get a bit older, they shift one out. And, and they bring can afford to buy players. That's the recipe that's for success. Absolutely, they can buy. We have to have a new system dependent well, on the players that we can scrabble that's together. Why, for me, whatever happens and whatever we feel about Avram Grant, you have we somewhere down the line, we've got to stop this kind of thing of kind of sack you know going oh it's all the manager's fault the manager's rubbish yeah. can't manage sack him yeah, yeah. and then another manager comes in and doesn't like those players and you never get this stability we've got to somewhere down the line even if we have to take a bit of pain and punishment along the way it's set you know yeah, get a absolutely. stable absolutely. setup. I totally absolutely. agree but it needs, it needs to be the right person and yeah. I think I, I, well that's that's pot luck I think it's I think it's actually more important that you achieve, just most of these them. people are, can, can manage a team just most, I think Zola could Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, that's a difficult one. Um, I think I probably would. I think, and I said that on the time. Although I didn't uh, like uh, much of his style of play, I think I said that I'm I'm in oh, favour. I'm not sure you of, did. Jim. <laughs> I'm I not did. sure you did. I, don't, I think, I we think were all I happy said, to see him go. I think, well, I wasn't I distraught think, to see him go, but yeah. I am never in favour of sacking managers. If you want to listen to uh, old Zola. episodes of Hammer Time and prove Jim <laughs> wrong and email <laughs> us, you can. Yeah, They're on iTunes. Uh, every episode is up there. Uh, and uh, I shall certainly be going home to listen to some of those <laughs> that we were doing at the time. Yeah, the you sad, sad bastard. Talking of uh, Chelsea, um, I can't remember where I saw it. It might have been just scanning through the internet. Um, I think there was an article in one of the papers. I think it might have been the Daily Mail, so I use the term paper very loosely, uh, <laughs> saying, uh, are Chelsea now everyone second favourite team because of the way they play are Chelsea now everyone's second favourite team 
Uh, no, is the answer to that article. It was a very short article. Incorrect. I think probably the Broadmoor, the Broadmoor sex offenders 11 is more likely to be Chelsea, everyone's <laughs> second favourite team rather than Chelsea. I mean, in fact, in the, in the late 80s, I think Chelsea were not actually most of Chelsea fans' favourite <laughs> team, let alone second favourite team, judging by their attendances. Well, there weren't any. Were there? I mean, no, exactly. You know, we, I mean, That's the point I'm making, yeah, my roundabout yeah, joking yeah, raging. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder uh, if I don't think we're ever on second team anymore though, are no, we? no and that's where you used to I be I don't mind we? that though no. I used to, used to, I, used to I, I used to find that very irritating well the I same footballing team I, I didn't like that patronising affection for West Ham from, from uh, you know Man United fans and uh, you know Arsenal fans or whatever you know that kind of uh, no I, I did I, I liked it same no, here yeah, yeah, because, it, because it. It, it meant by you know by association it's because we shepherd of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> hey now hey hey it meant, on. It meant, it meant this, yeah. it's yeah, it was good being on. on second favourite team because it meant it suggested we played <laughs> good was. football exactly that's well, why that, yeah. Yeah, but I I, I, enjoyed, I didn't need somebody else I didn't need a Man United fan patronisingly to like my team to tell my team played good football I went and watched it play good football myself. But there ha- yeah, it has been a while now. And this about is, this what is other people think about my team. Really. Angry, angry Jim. <laughs> well, Benji and I like it. There, that people. That Everyone likes us. Jim doesn't team. care. Yeah, Jim doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everyone likes us. Everyone likes us. Yeah. Jim doesn't okay. care. Jim, Everyone yeah. likes us. Yeah. Uh, so we must be uh, playing at the moment, or just was it an eight o'clock kickoff? Carling ones are often. I've actually got um, an update that um, a binner has had four shots, of which none have been on target. Ah, ah there you are. You see, yeah, that's he is. my slight concern about him. There was a was that a, was it away at Stoke at the weekend? He had a. Or was it at Chelsea? The, uh, I think his us. first shot Super. for West Ham went out for a throw. Yes, I that's think. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Start as you mean to go on, yeah, Victor. Absolutely. But yeah. he, he, he's, he's. He's well intentioned, isn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. No, I like him. And he's him, good actually. on the no, ball. All him. of his touches are great. Yeah, he's kind him. of, you know, his, his first touch is good. His movement's good. Uh, he's quick, he mm. and he seems up for it as well. He seems kind of really sort of to be kind of enjoying it, you know. Cause and he's come. It's, it's a it's a big, you know, downward step to come from Inter Milan, Inter Milan to East to London. West Ham, so yeah. he, he, you know, he can be. He would be forgiven to, for not, you know, caring that much. But no, he's actually, no. he does seem like he's a committed player. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, now, we uh, just before we started today, there was a bit of a kind of we got an inside piece of information that the uh, uh, we can't reveal the source of that piece of information. Uh, Eddie Nestor said that uh, <laughs> he had heard through his job broadcasting for the BBC that the uh, the deal for the stadium is more or less a done deal, uh, the Olympic Stadium. So it looks like we could conceivably around 2013, 2014 be moving. I think I think it's been fairly apparent with the support that's had from Newham Council and even the you know Lord Coe coming out and sort of saying now vaguely yeah. that he, he's in favour of it. That is going to happen. I don't. I think it's it's it'll be when, not if. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh, interesting. I mean, I wonder what that's going to be like. I mean, it. We'll be renting it, and at the moment, we you know, the the there's the notion that we won't own any real estate. We but we'll w- also be paying a shitload to convert it into a football stadium, yeah. which begs the question: Do we want to spend what is it, 120, 130 million pounds on that? Or the same amount of money redeveloping the East End. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you say, I mean, you say converting it. I mean, that's going to be, the, I mean, it's being built without any kind of permanent, well, without a roof mm. and mm. without a permanent sort of uh, setup for kind of, um, 
you know, uh, facilities for toilets, for refreshments, well, they're all going to be temporary, aren't they? The running track the will Olympics. stand as well. And the running mm. track, because of the Olympic, this Olympic legacy thing for athletics, is going to be there. So you say convert it into a football stadium, but it's not going to feel much like one, I don't no, think. No. There are things about the move to the stadium that I love the sound of when Golden Sullivan turned up and, and bought 51% of the club. Yeah. I, I love this idea of... of, of you know, getting the real new East London locals along to games as well to top us up because obviously yeah. a lot of the West Ham fans now don't live in in East London. They're out in Essex. Yeah, they're, in, yeah. they're in London. Whereas now you've got this you know massive ethnic community there that uh, that that should be sort of brought along to games and yeah, should be our yeah. local fans. But there was actually um, the West Ham process ran us. Uh, the guy who runs that made a survey recently. I think he got a thousand people to go through it. And it, was, and it was going through all the questions like, would you like this money to be spent on the East End or, or on converting the stadium? And as I got towards the tail end of this server, I, I kind of suddenly thought, do you know what? I don't want us to move. I love no. Upton Park. I think what we've got in that area in East Ham is fantastic <laughs> and, and should remain. Well, if you could fill in the sides and develop the East End, you could get it up to like 45,000 or something, and couldn't that, you? And the whole the feeling, I mean, it's very sentimental, but the feeling of being in a place that is... A community. You're in the yeah. middle of a residential area. It feels like a club with tradition. You go to these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to these industrial estate. You know, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Just feel you're walking through an industrial waste and at Bolton. Yeah. If you want a drink after the game, you have to go to the Awful. bowling alley. Yeah. Awful. I mean, it, it's one of these. There was a bit at the end of the survey that talked about talked about you know if you could send any messages to Golden Sullivan if we do move to the new ground, what would it be? And I found myself thinking about things like the Queens. Things like Duncan's Pie Shop, things yeah. like the Central Pub, thing you know, there Black are so Lion. many the Black Line, so yeah, many that. businesses yeah. around yeah. there, yeah. That, Nathan's, yeah, yeah. Nathan's that, yeah. that totally thrive and survive from West Ham. That yeah. would all be frankly fucked. Yeah, yeah. And and in terms of that feeling of being a club with over a century of history, I'm not sure you get that in an industrial park mm. in Stratford. No, no, and and that area is, uh, you know, Hackney Wick essentially is already even though it's in town, feels like an out-of-town area because it's just a kind of, it's just a disused industrial area. And, uh, you know, hard to get to. I mean, those mm. those kind of transport links for the Olympics are, you know, they're, they're, they're not brilliant. It's also there's kind of not much around there. Where would you go after the yeah, Olympics? I mean, I agree. All of those things mm. you're saying. But also, I mean, part of it is also picking your time. I mean, the time that we unveiled our new huge Dr. Martin's West Stand was our first season in the championship because we'd forgotten to invest in fucking footballers. We put all our money into this stand, played like shit, went down, then opened with a new stand that was immediately half empty. Of course, the last kind of year, at the beginning of this season, is is horribly signalling that possibility again, is that we sort of move to a massive 60,000 thousand seater stadium yeah. when we're in the opposite of a rich vein of form yeah. where in, we in could fact, conceivably probably just about enough time for us to uh, to to run out for our first game at the olympic stadium as a conference team yeah one, yeah, yeah yeah exactly one, one slight caveat that slightly contradicts what i was saying before is you in terms of you know what's happened in the past you have to look at man city and yeah. to be fair since they moved from main road and moved into what is you know a horrible stadium yeah you know, it's, it's big but it's in you know it's in an industrial state on the outskirts of the town they have actually gone to the next level and that perhaps was one of the first rungs of the ladder towards getting bought by yes. a huge yes. you know, cabal of shakes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, there, there, it's, it's, a real, it's a real deep argument that has to be had and I'm not entirely yeah. sure what the answer is. No, it no. is difficult. And earlier, I think, Benji, you were talking exactly my kind of fogey, uh, you know, football-loving language. But the reality is it's not just a West Ham issue. This the, the whole thing has moved on, hasn't it? And, you know, if you... 
my one trip to the uh, so far to the Emirates was my glimpse of the kind of the, the kind of future, mm. corporate sort of, future, the corporate future. Football being conceived of as an entertainment rather yeah. than a sport, mm. uh, and you know people go, to, you know people going to it sim- simply and purely to be entertained, not to have yeah. that kind of gut wrenching feeling of your team kind of losing, uh, and. The seats are nicely padded and kind of tipped slightly backwards. Well, I mean, we, I mean, yeah, we didn't notion, sit on them. The notion of, done, a, you know, you know I'm I was a very keen recipient, to, not an active yeah. participant. Well, I was keen, very keen to see uh, that. You know, that, that there's been talk of sort of trialling a return to a kind of limited terrace at each game, and that's not yeah. going to happen. Where if you're standing you're actually standing a long way away from the pitch because there's a running track. There's almost no point in standing there because, you know, you're supposed to, you know, the, the, the terraces are supposed to be kind of close to the action and people are standing and kind of getting involved and acting as cheerleaders for the people that are sitting, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, that's yeah. really unlikely to happen if there's a massive moat between no. the uh, terrace and the players because no. there's a running track there. I mean, you know. in all I, I can see so many of the obvious, the obvious commercial arguments for the Olympic thing, but if we are going to if we do really need to move to a stadium that's going to accommodate more like 50 60,000 i would much rather spend that 120 million that you're talking about benji on bu- on building yeah. a proper football stadium on a piece of waste ground somewhere yeah much, yeah much absolutely agree okay well we have uh, we've got to wrap this up uh, fairly soon we've got uh, spurs at the weekend and fulham the following weekend now this is where we thought we might be able to uh, garner a few points. Um, a tired Spurs, a lot of fixtures. Do we? What do we think? Recently, they've been a bit of a sort of bogey team for us, haven't they? A little they, bit, Spurs? yeah. A little bit. We played well but against now them every last team year. Is a bogey and, team uh, for us. So. Uh, uh, well, yes. Colton uh, set up a goal for them. <coughs> Very nice. Colton Cole yeah. set up Beautiful a goal assist. for yeah, and there four, was a, four points from the two games. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think, you know. I think. I think. I said. Um, I think. Uh, few weeks ago not on the podcast but I said to someone I think we will get something from both these games yeah. so I think we'll get minimum point from the Spurs game excellent excellent I mean you know if if, if Barrera is going to play and he's not on you know international duty and there's no excuses not to pick him I think he should play um, absolutely yeah, absolutely you know, yeah Probably over Barami, and if Barami did pick up an injury, maybe there's the excuse um, Grant's looking for to maybe drop him. Well, he's, he's, he's and Barrera's had his opportunity tonight, so hopefully he yeah, takes it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so I think we're sort of feeling um, positive. Our one point <laughs> from five games has made Town us sort of feel very optimistic. For perhaps, a, yeah. you know, I think it is. You know, it does feel exciting. I think a bin has got something to prove. You know, uh, he's been sort of a bench warmer at Inter, and uh, you know he's here playing Pickyon has looked good I think you know and some of these people coming into the midfield you know perhaps perhaps Dyer's role is to come off the bench you know, and, when and make something happen Chelsea uh, sorry Man City were on tour in America pre-season they played Inter and Inter beat them 3-0 Binner scored both the two yeah, goals yeah, yeah. and one of them was an yeah, absolute yeah. cracker yeah, as well yeah absolutely yeah. so we think we might get some points out of these next couple of games well let's hope so and we'll see you uh, certainly to talk to you about one of those games the Spurs fixture once we're here next week uh, in the meantime I've been Phil Whelans with me have been Jim Grant Cheerio. and Benji Lanyardo Good night. Uh, we'll see you Benji is off to actually play football now, which is uh, which is uh, a first for one of, <laughs> one of our podcasts where someone's actually gone to play the game that we're talking about. Fantastic! Uh, so uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, up the irons. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. If you'd like to sponsor or advertise on this podcast, please call our marketing partners, Sports Revolution, on 0207. 580 2850 
or drop them a line at info at sportsrevolution.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.